Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After 30 years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 9021OMG, visit Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happen. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Listen to 9021OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rebel Wilson revealed she got a lot of pushback from her Hollywood team about losing weight. Brooke Shields opened up about the interview she did with Barbara Walters as a teen. And we're talking with comedian and author Lane Moore about how being alone for the holidays can actually be a good thing. It's December 8th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so to kick things off, it turns out not everyone was on board with Rebel Wilson's decision to lose weight. She told BBC News. I got a lot of pushback from my own team, actually, here in Hollywood, when I said, okay, I'm going to do this year of health. I'm going to, I feel like I'm really going to physically transform and change my life. And they were like, why? Why would you want to do that? Because I was earning millions of dollars being, you know, the funny fat girl and like, and being that person. She added, quote, even though I was still very confident being bigger and loved myself, would rock a red carpet being double the size and triple the weight of other actresses, I still felt confident in that. But I knew deep down inside that some of the emotional eating behaviors I was doing was not healthy. That is, that is so sad. I mean, like, one, there's this layer that we're not even going to touch of the complications involving, like, weight stigma, especially when you are in front of the cameras and in front of, you know, being on magazine covers and stuff like that. But... This is so sad that she wanted to be healthier and her team, it, she's definitely insinuating that her team was like, no, we want you to stay the the fat, funny character so we can book you in more things. Yeah, that like, I have two thoughts. One is the fact that as her team, like they should be supporting her. And it basically they're like, your career is not as important as your health or like your mental health or like whatever you want to do for yourself, which is terrible. And then secondly, again, just the entire brand of Funny Fat Girl in Hollywood is problematic. The fact that like this was such a big 
like role and that like they were constantly like she said she was getting millions and millions of dollars being cast as this not mentioning her talent at all so that's a whole other layer but I'm glad that she ignored those people and did what was right for her <laughs> all right so moving on Brooke Shields recently called out the media for the way it over sexualized her when she appeared in a Calvin Klein jeans ad as a teen Back then, to counter the backlash to the ad, she went on a media tour, including an interview with Barbara Walters, during which she was asked invasive questions about her body and sexual history. Brooke was just 15 at the time. And then recently, on an episode of Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, she said, it's practically criminal. It's not journalism. I mean, Shyla, it is just awful. I don't know if you remember the ad, but it basically was her saying lines like, you want to know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. And Brooke said that she told Vogue recently she had no clue that there was innuendo at the time in that. And it's just like she was put in that situation and it made me so upset that she went then was interviewed by Barbara Walters and was asked sexual questions. Yeah, no, that's gross. Um, And I wish that there had been more people looking out for her. Like she said, she had done this when she was a teen. I would not know what to do and I wouldn't know that there was innuendo like if you genuinely have no idea and then to be basically blindsided by these questions from Barbara Walters of all people that's, that's well it's just awful I mean it checks out like all the things like even in like you know 2006 2008 like what they were doing to Britney and stuff like that just making it worse for her in interviews Paris etc and you would hope I mean now we're in a place where you would do it but you would hope that Barbara Walters would have had her on to like lift her up and instead it was to tear right. her down I hate that Okay, so pivoting a little bit, no matter how much you do or don't like your alone time, it can be tough spending the holidays on your own. Today, we're talking to comedian and Tinder Live host Lane Moore, who literally wrote the book on being alone, about how to get through a time of year designed to be spent with friends and family. Hi, Lane. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Hi, good to be here. Okay, so first off, a few years ago, you wrote a book called How to Be Alone If You Want to and Even If You Don't. The title seems pretty straightforward, but for our listeners who haven't heard of it, can you tell us a little bit about the book and what prompted you to write it in the first place? Yeah, so I wrote the book because for most of my life, I had been alone in one way or another. I didn't really have the perfect family or the perfect friend group or the perfect partner that we're all told that we all get. And I hadn't really seen that reflected in me. It was always like, yeah, everyone has like a pretty perfect family and all of these things. And I really hadn't had that. And so I wanted to write a book about what it is like if you don't have these things that our society tells you you're supposed to have, which many of us don't. So with the holidays coming up, we wanted to talk to you about the sort of do's and don'ts of spending them alone. To start off, how do you personally feel about spending holidays on your own? Like, is it something you enjoy or something you feel like you kind of just get through? So I had never, you know, there's a big chapter on how to be alone about spending the holidays alone because it's something we don't talk about ever. Like, and I, I've seen it in my own life because I've spent most holidays by myself. And when I would, you know, there's so much of the like, so what are you doing for the holidays? going home, you going home. Like we all have this like little politeness dance that we do, assuming that we're all going to go have like the best, best time. And that's just not true for so many of us. So I really think it's so important to talk about spending the holidays on your own. It's not something I've loved always. And like some years, some years though, it is something I enjoy. And it's funny because I see so many people online and they'll say things like, oh, gotta go home for the holidays. This is going to be miserable. 
And I'm like, you know, you don't have to go. You usually <laughs> don't have to go if it's toxic or it's harmful or you don't have the energy. I just, one of the biggest things that the book does and that I try to do online is encourage people, if it doesn't feel healthy to you, if it doesn't feel safe for you, spend them alone. It can be better. If that feels like a better alternative, it's okay to do that, even though society makes you feel like that makes you a jerk. It doesn't make you a jerk to do something that makes you feel safe. That's that's bizarre. So why do you think that there is still so much pressure for people to be with other people for the holidays, whether that's like friends, family, romantic partners? Like, what is it about the holiday season? You know, I, we've just created we've created this false narrative that doesn't work for so many of us, you know, and we've created this sort of blind loyalty to your family, no matter what you're dealing with, blind loyalty to friends, no matter who they are, that's so, that doesn't work for most of us. And so we're all just, this idea that we have, that we're all just supposed to be in a room full of people who like, maybe have been abusive, maybe have been really toxic, maybe we all hate, but we should all be in the same room together because that's what Christmas is. It's so weird. I don't, <laughs> who's that working for? That's so like upsetting. If, if, you know, if someone felt any sort of negative way about me, I would not want them to have to be in a room for me for the sake of a hot. That's just so bizarre. I just. Well, that's I mean, that is what sucks, because we are dealing with like we're dealing with our parents and like our uncles and aunts who are like, well, I had to do it. So you're doing exactly. it. Exactly. You know? And I'm so grateful that we're reaching a shift in in our level of awareness where we're realizing, uh, wait, what? Let's break apart these patterns. If this doesn't feel good to us, if let's not do it anymore. But but. But, you know, for so much of my life, there was this heaviness I had around, wait, but I'm being told that, like, I'm a bad kid or grandkid or whatever, or any of these things, if, like, I don't feel comfortable going to these things, or, like, does it count? Do I have a right to feel uncomfortable? Do I have a right to not go home? And it doesn't even have to be that egregious. Maybe just that year, you just can't do it, you know? It, yeah. And I just, I think it's so important to make space for those of us who, that just doesn't always feel good to us and really moving in a direction where you're only doing things that feel comfortable to you. I love that. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, wait, that's an option because I didn't have it. It's like, I'm saying these things because I had to realize this for myself, but it was really, truly going against the grain because we don't talk about this. But the more we do talk about it, the more we realize, wait a minute, there's so many of us who feel that way and secretly wish we could. So why can't we? So do you think that like the societal pressure of having to go home for the holidays is actually easing up a little bit? Or do you think that it's just like, it's up to every individual to just like make that decision for themselves? I think it's up to every individual. I, I don't think societal pressure has eased. I, I really don't. You know, everywhere you go, people are like, you, you go, what are you, you going to do? It's like, there's just this, it's, you know, it's always in that voice too, right? Or you're just like, I'll yes. Billy from the, from the grocery store. I don't want to go into this with you. But we do, you know, it's such a way that we communicate culturally in that sort of like polite, small talky way where it's like, we're all going, right? You're going to go hug every one of your family members and feel super safe all weekend. Like, no, who, <laughs> not everyone has that, Jeff. And then, but now it is bad because now I'm picturing, you know, the person at the grocery store is asking you about it and you say, oh, I'm actually spending it alone. And even if you said it in a happy tone, they'd be like, oh, 
I'm so sorry. Yeah, they like pity you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's dude, so much of this is 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 literally why I wrote How to Be Alone because because we all know it. Like the fact that, that you guys are saying you've had the exact same experiences, we know what people are going to say, how they're going to say it. So it's up to us to first break apart these patterns within ourselves that we've internalized from people telling us this is how you should you should feel bad if you don't go, you should feel really sad and this is really a bummer for you. Like we have to break these apart within ourselves so then we can hopefully break it apart as a society. Yes. All right. Well, we'll be right back with Lane Moore on how to spend the holidays alone. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm excited to be back with a new season of You and Me Both. You know, when we started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. But I am a firm believer we're stronger together. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. Listen to You and Me Both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with comedian Lane Moore, author of How to Be Alone and host of Tinder Live. So, Lane, I feel like if you're single, especially as you get older, spending time with family and friends can still make you feel very alone because, like that grocery store clerk, uh, inevitably the topic of why you're single is going to come up and they're going to be like, they're going to be like, oh, you know, you'll find someone. Why aren't you seeing anyone? Like, blah, 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 when you're at home for the holidays. How do you, how do you feel about those conversations? How should someone handle that? You know, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. You know, I always think like when my, when my grandma would say stuff like that and I'm like, you know what? Not everybody is getting married at the age of 18 anymore. And also like, you know, not to get like too deep on your, on your grandma, but like our society is not really structured this way where it's like really easy to like, you know, find your perfect person and find a partner and get married and have kids and life works out really easily. Like we have a different world now. We just do. And while that would be really nice, I just... I, I'm excited to see that break apart a little bit, particularly for women who it's supposed to mean something about you if you don't have this thing. And we don't do that for men. You can be like 40 and it's like, when's Jacob going to settle down? What a hunk. No one ever says the word hunk, but they should because that's how antiquated this, this stuff sounds. Like, 
you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know if I'm going to settle down yet, grandma. Maybe I'm still playing the field. Like why, why can't women talk like that? I don't want to talk like that, but I want women to be able to, you know, be viewed in the same way. And also I stand by this. Finding your person is luck and timing. It is not deservability. It is not any of those things. You literally got lucky and and, and timing. <laughs> no one can, if, if someone could choose to meet their person sooner, they would. Of course they would, you know? So it's just this idea that being alone is something that you like, you did something to mess up. I don't believe that. I really don't. And you know, it's so funny because so many of my favorite Christmas movies are like, oh, I, I need a date for the holidays. I can't go home by myself. Right, my family right. will harass me. <laughs> Who's like hopping on a dating app being like, hey, I need a date for the holidays. You in? And they're like, of course, right. we all need a date for the holidays. <laughs> but like July, it's just like a free for all. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. I'm like, all right. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yes, there's that aspect, but then also people can be alone too much. I mean, personally, I think I left my house on Saturday and I have not been outside since. <laughs> so I love that for you, you personally, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Me too. So where would you say the point is like between being alone, like where that crosses a line from healthy to unhealthy isolation? And I did write this question about Shyla. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Our producer wrote advice. it. Our this producer wrote like a it. Beautiful I intervention, you, full of loving friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's so funny because my book is called How to Be Alone, but it's also if you want to, and even if you don't. And a big part of that for me <laughs> was saying that there's really two types of people who are alone. There's people who are like, you know what, life has been kind of hard for me, and it's actually easier for me to be alone right now or for a while. And then there's people who are like, you know what, I don't want to be alone, but like, I'm not really sure how to get out of that. So I, I wanted to hold space for both parts of that because I think for a lot of people, myself included, I vacillate between the two. So it's not, you know, I, I don't view like being alone as this like perfect, wonderful thing. I think everyone should learn, you know, how to do that only. But I think that so much of it is finding where you're at in that day, week, hour of like, well, what do I need right now? I think it's so personal. And I also... Ugh, I don't really love it when people, you know, try to make really prescriptive things where it's like this specific amount of days or whatever, like, you know, you better than anybody else. So, you know, but one of the biggest things that I talk about is we do have this idea of like, oh no, what if I'm spending too much time by myself? And is something wrong with me? Am I broken? Am I, you know, in an unhealthy place? But you know that. And I, I really, I really think that most of the time when we're being alone more than normal, we need to recharge. We we need that time. Right. So I, I don't like this society like, oh, you got to get back out there. Like, why? That's not healthy for everybody necessarily. Everyone's not built the same. So what would be your biggest piece of advice for people who are going to be spending the holidays alone this year, but who might not be like necessarily thrilled about it? Like maybe it's their first time doing so. Oh, so my biggest piece of advice, and I have like a whole, you know, chapter in the book about how to, you know, how to kind of navigate that because there's a lot of emotions that you're probably going to feel. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who felt those on my own for a long time, I can tell you there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I go through that you know, thing as, as well. And I say that because it's really helpful to know that you're not the only one experiencing that. Mm. It's so, so important if you're already feeling alone. 
But what I would say, the biggest thing that I have found is to do whatever you want to do. Like, I'm not a big... Uh, like the Christmas foods we have. I don't really like any of those foods. So I don't eat them. I, I, I think to just divest yourself from this idea of like, I have to spend it the way that everyone else has to spend it. There's a lot of freedom that I've experienced from spending it however I want. If I want to just eat pizza, if I want to watch my favorite TV shows, like they don't have to be Christmas movies. Like you can do whatever you want. It truly is just a day. Yeah, it's all fake rules, all fake rules. And also it took me to my thirties to start saying, it but you know we're adults we we can do what we want to do yeah <laughs> you say kind of hesitantly because it is I, so ingrained in us it's like we can do right. what we we can right we can right? everyone everyone's okay with me do, eating pizza for breakfast everyone's okay with it yeah because you're the only you might be the only one in your house who cares so I just <laughs> you know remembering that like you're allowed to have your own rules about what makes you happy and what makes you feel safe all right Lane so first where can our listeners find you online and do you have anything else coming up down the pipeline yeah so I am on all the social medias at hello Lane Moore and people can find the first book how to be alone any local bookstore and my second book is actually coming out in 20 2023, which is a little bit away, but it's going to be called You Will Find Your People. And it is about finding people who actually make you feel really safe and wonderful and exploring friendships that are actually healthy and good. That sounds revolutionary. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunately very revolutionary. Yes, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, Lane, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, you don't have to do everything society tells you to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Shyla, for the backup. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And break us off with some bread cause we waiting on reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.